Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, we get to hear from Julie Gordon-White of Menowell. And Julie and I keep running into each other, having these conversations, and realizing we've lived parallel lives. And it's shocking that it took us until this year to meet. I'm excited for you guys to get to know what Julie's doing, not just her product, but how she came into this space and really started something from scratch at this point in her life, in her middle third, as we'd like to say. Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, Netta. So glad to be here. I love everything you're doing and I applaud you right out of the gate. Thank you. The applause is back at you. Tell us a little bit, because not everybody who's listening is going to know yet what Menowell is. I like that. Yet is fair because we're still new. Uh, Menowell is the first ever functional food formulated an energy and protein bar for women in the stages of menopause. So there's the yet because when you're the first, you know, there's that whole awareness aspect of it. So I was struggling with my own menopause, middle weight gain, 90% turns out women in the stages of menopause gain 10 or more pounds, mostly around the middle. And there I was, right? You know, we're, we're most of us are there for a few reasons. And so I wanted to do something about it and stop eating the cookies and brownies that I had made, I was making for my man-sized sons who had come home 
and, you know, started making something for myself. And then that kind of just took me down a path. And here I am with mental wealth. So very exciting. And here you are starting something like that from scratch. Go back even further. Like, are you literally making the brownies for your sons in one batch and then experimenting in another bowl with another batch for you? Like people tell these startup stories and you're like, no, go back further. Like, I want to know really, how did you start? Like, tell us how you formulated this thing from your kitchen, I assume to start. We're empty nesters now, but you know, I'm not the kind of person who loves to be in the kitchen doing the thing. Like if somebody else would do it, I would be even happier, right? Just (laughs) somebody's got to make some food. It's going to be me or someone else. Okay. So I just want to set the stage for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but when your kids leave and they come back for a period of time, you know, you want to be that mom and I was making this stuff again, but so I was really pretending, but you know, okay, boys over there, eat those things I'm making. I don't want a brownie. I want something small that tastes really yummy, that satisfies my sugar cravings, but is going to have a lot of good, healthy nutrients in it and going to keep me full in a small little thing. Because I'm 5'1", no room for all that extra weight to go, all that, right? And so that's a huge part of eating well and eating nutrient-dense food is we want to be satisfied because you can eat something. It's like if you have five little almonds. Okay. You eat five little almonds. Oh, I'm doing something good for my body. But like, in like five minutes, you're like, what else? Because your brain wasn't satisfied. More please. Right. The healthy fats were there, but it's that whole experience. So I started playing. What can I do? So I did start with almonds because almonds are magical. Almond butter. hmm, Okay. Um, Cacao. I love chocolate. Cocoa. Because cacao for crunch, you have to have all those textures. Cocoa powder. Mm, Okay. Who doesn't want chocolate? I know I want chocolate, especially in the evening. And so far with those, you haven't hit any sugar. Oh no, not sugar. I'm not, you know, anti-sugar, but I'm getting to the sweet because we do need sweet, right? But flaxseed, because I know flaxseed's so good for fiber and and our brain health. Oh, brain health, MCT oil. I have a bottle of that. (laughs) some of that. Like this is how it sort of started to come. And then, okay, how am I going to make this sweet? Dates. Mm. I love dates, tons of fiber, perfect, not too sweet. Okay, great. Now they still tasted a little bit like dirt, but you know, I just kept working (laughs) with it and working with it. And then I started really exploring beyond just satisfying the sugar craving thing that I was having. What else can help calm my body, you know, my menopausal symptoms? Why am I craving all you know the sugar? My blood sugar is going up and down, hormones fluctuating. Maca. That's when I found maca, which is a Peruvian root, ancient, been around forever, known to naturally balance blood sugar and hormone fluctuations. I mean, our hormones always fluctuate. They have our whole entire lives, but in menopause, you know, they're going off a cliff. So anything we can do to help. So putting all those things together and now they tasted good. We got past the dirt stage. Yes, you did. So that's how it happened. That's amazing. And then you take that because you already had a job. Let's just talk about that. Like you already had a job. This is my third company. I've had two other companies and I had a company. Yes. While I was doing this. I want to unpack that in a second. This isn't like you had all this time to do this. You were fully involved in your other business. I had a cheat window. Okay. It was called the pandemic. Ah. You know, I, I have to say, 
if you were blessed enough to be healthy and in a place where you could actually be comfortable at home, not having to go out and take care of other sick people or whatever, I was fortunate enough to be home, you know, be able to run my business from home. I had more time. And so I had time to be creative over here on this other thing while I was still taking care of, I was coaching women entrepreneurs on how to grow multi-million dollar service businesses that were sellable, which was built on my previous company, which was a boutique mergers and acquisitions firm. But I, you know, I love creativity and that's why I had time to do this. Okay. You're saying the things that I want to unpack. So let's just get into those and then we'll come back to how you go from in the kitchen to manufacturing. So the two businesses that you ran before absolutely primed you for what you're doing now. Why did you think that, because it's one thing to be creative during the pandemic and come up with something and you could have made these bars for yourself and for your friends and that would have been satisfying. What led you to say, I'm going to leave the work that I've been doing and go do something for myself, which by the way, is one of our parallel live kind of intersections, parallel intersection. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? It's where we come together. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, as you were talking about it, I was the first five years of startup. That was my focus. And you're at the tail end. Yeah. So how we didn't know each other before, I don't know. We should have known yeah, each other. I know. Other. We, yeah. Well, it's not too late. Like we can figure this out for our own businesses we're doing now. It now. But tell us about, about that. What made you say, not just I've concocted this great thing for my own stage of life and that's going to satisfy me, but I want to take this to the next level Because you got to see firsthand time and time and time again how hard it was to be an entrepreneur and to start something, your own endeavors and the endeavors of those that you are walking alongside. What made you say, yep, this is for me and this is the time in midlife? Yeah, there were really three things that came together. One, I actually lost 10 pounds choosing these things, these bars, these blob things that I was making for myself. I felt better. I felt confident again. I felt energetic. So that added to the the fuel and the fire around, oh, this is a thing. Okay. So that was one. Two, and maybe before this, preempting that, we became empty nesters Mm. during the pandemic. Our youngest of three had gone off to college. Now, we had no idea he was going to come back and like and stay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah during the pandemic, but um, we love him. He yeah. say he's okay. But I was just at this point where I had been very intense company, especially the M&A and then teaching women entrepreneurs. You know, I, I held my clients, they're not children, adult women, but, you know, nurturing them, supporting them. And there were about between 20 and 50 at any time in my work. Wow. And so when Blake went off to college, I really felt like I wanted to take a minute from holding the energy of other people. Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So one, I wasn't feeling great. Blake went off to college and I realized I'm done taking care of people for now. It had been 10 years also. Two, I made these things and I um, lost weight, felt better. Three, I had always told my coaching clients, don't start a product company The margins are too small. It requires too much capital. It's too hard. Do a service company. Yeah. 
And so, of course, at 58, I have to do the hardest thing. (laughs) That's who I am. Let me do the hardest thing. You know, I don't just do yoga. I did Ashtanga. You know, that's just kind of how I am. I I get my juice from just stretching myself. What is possible? So that's how I landed on doing the hardest thing for the best reasons. Oh, I love that. Well, you doing the hardest thing is a gift to all of us. And it's something that I think we talk about at Liberty on this podcast a lot is that you're fully you, right? We hear the just be you kind of thing or you do you. But truly, when people lean into themselves and fully who they are, just like you did, you know that you like being stretched, you know that you like a challenge, and you leaned into that, that ends up becoming a gift to the rest of us, right? The thing that you created by leaning into who you are is something that serves all of us. It not only served you, but it serves all of us. So I love that you're a living example of that. Okay, let's go to the M&A thing for a minute and then to the entrepreneurial consulting piece of it. What did you learn that you brought into MenoWell? What were the things that you said, I'm gonna do these things. I learned this by watching others by consulting with others, by scaffolding others. I'm going to take these with me and I'm going to leave these things behind. I know better now. At 58, mm-hmm. launching this company, I know what I want to take with me and I know what I want to leave behind in terms of how you were going to bring Menowell to market and then manage it. Yeah, I love that question. Two things, money and mindset. Oh, <laughs> yes. Money from two perspectives. One, I know financials. I know my numbers. I know numbers. I actually love financial statements. I'm weird like that. But I know how to read financial statements. I know how to build financial statements. And that is critical to running a small margin business. You have to understand cash flow. You have to understand your cost of goods. And a lot of businesses, whether they're food or other product businesses, are built, you know, we all are built out of inspiration. And so that's how we start. That's very exciting. And when you build a service company out of inspiration, you have a lot of room in the business model for mistakes because the margins are so forgiving, so large. It doesn't take that much to create dollars-wise to create a service company. But a product company, there's no room for mistakes. It's very, very small. And so having that deep understanding of money, margins, cash flow, balance sheets, debt, equity, financing, venture capital has served me very, very well. So I felt very prepared for this. I knew what I was getting into, which is a good transition to mindset. Because when you're doing something that's very challenging, I had built, and it's something I talked to my clients about for most of the time I was coaching women because you have to have the right mindset first. It's mostly mindset because when your mindset is optimized for positivity, what's available, being resourceful, you may not have resources, but you can always be resourceful, right? I know you know this, Meta. So it was really interesting how I overlaid everything I would say to women every single day. And I'd have to have those conversations with myself when I'm raising capital. Okay. You know, who do I have to be today? What do I have to believe before I get on these five investor conversations? That kind of thing. So bringing that 
deep awareness, deep knowledge around money and mindset. And I continue to apply those tools that I've developed and taught for 30 years to this company. And it makes it extra fun. Yeah. I want to add something on what you're saying to mindset, because as you were talking, I was thinking just in getting to know you, part of what you offer in your mindset, in your positivity, in what you bring every day is the way you connect to community. That's how I met you. And so you're bringing that positivity to the brand. You as the founder are bringing that to the brand. As soon as I met you, I was like, okay, how do we do stuff together? Like, how do we get Menowell, you know, in our goodie bag? How do I get Julie on the show? I want to stress that because I think a lot of people think about their businesses when they're launching in an insular way, right? They're looking down and they're getting stuff done. It's so hard. Yeah. And when you look up, you're networking, right? But there's something in between that. And it's that relationship building, that positivity that's an extension of the brand, extending that to other people when you don't necessarily have something to receive from them or to get from them right away. And you offer that, like you extend yourself. The first time we met, it was just a meeting. We didn't know where we were going to go from there, you know? But I think it's, it's that sort of thing that can be really generative and really good for a small business. Really, really good yeah. for a small business. And it's good for menopause, Netta. Oh, say more. That's the other part, it, right? Because for menopause, often that same message is negative. It's horrible. You know, you feel terrible. You're tired. You're hot. You're sweaty. And okay, let's be real. Not all bowl of cherries. Yeah. However, for me, there's so many positive aspects of it. One, it calls you back to your body to take care of yourself when you've been taking care of other people probably or still are. But you have to listen to your body when you hit perimenopause because it's like, hello, I'm over here. You need to take care of me. We've got the most wisdom, the most experience, time in the saddle that you can bring to whatever creativity or whatever you want to do or what you're doing, what's right in front of you. Many of us have built a career or business or life where we may be at our strongest economically. So there's that. And then our friend, our community. So there's so much positive in being in your middle third. Yes. I love that. Yes. So much positivity around midlife, middle third, menopause. And that's really what excites me the most. You know, our bars nurture your body, but they become a talking stick for this empowerment conversation around being in a stage of menopause. And that is what keeps me talking to everybody all the time. So that's the juice. I love that idea of a, a talking stick, like what it's bringing to the table. Let's go back to something you said at the front of the podcast, which is you called the bar a functional, and then I lost you, functional food. Yes. Tell us about that. So when we think of functional medicine, we're all starting to really get our heads around that. Is that the application of those concepts in our kind of diet, in the way we eat? Is that what you're saying? It means eating from a high nutrient perspective. So things that are for your gut health. For example, our bars have 29 to 32% of your daily fiber, which we all know, especially in midlife, we need fiber. It's a prebiotic. It's like washing your car, but if you don't put oil before you wash it, or forget washing it, a gas, you need gas to go. But you need oil 
as well. And prebiotics are like the oil. We think about the probiotics, you know, the gas that makes the car go. But if you don't have the prebiotic, the probiotic does not have anything to eat. And that's what makes the gas go. So the fiber we have, chicory root fiber, the dates, the almonds, all that stuff is so good for our gut. Like maca, we talked about the benefits of maca and all flaxseed, MCT oil. These are large and very small, 150 to 160 calories because we don't want to break the calorie bank because calories actually do matter. Um, We just want better choices for our calories and we want our food to work for us. And that's what a functional food is. Think about the craze of 100 calorie cookies. Remember all of that? Okay, this 100 calorie is not the same as that 100 calorie. A functional food will give you energy. It will nurture your gut. It will nurture your brain. It will calm your body, depending on what the ingredients are, versus 100 calories of a highly processed cookie that's made of sugar, weird, regular sugar, weird sugars, all kinds of artificial things. See the difference? Yeah. So functional food has a function for your body, where regular, highly processed foods, not so much. Great explanation. Who knew we were going to get a lesson in nutrients as well? Well, that was the unexpected thing I have to tell you is that this isn't just a business, you know, it's about nutrition. And I've always been interested in nutrition and food and fitness and weight training. It kind of like we talked about it, like this, it all came together. And so I always say I'm a plain nutritionist on Instagram. However, <laughs> I'm actually um, working on my own uh, certification. So that's kind of fun too. That is Awesome. Good for you. In my spare time. In your spare time. (laughs) From 4 a.m. to 5.30. Yeah. But here's why I wanted you on the podcast, because you're making time for that. The whole concept of the middle third, and you and I have already been through this, but it's this idea that we're taking this pause to look at our lives and to reassess and to reimagine what it can be. That, you know, the world has spoken to us 40 plus, 50 plus. Midlife was like a marker right? Versus a season versus something we could embrace. And you are walking the walk, talking the talk. You're doing all the things. You haven't said it's too late. Now, maybe late at night, two in the morning when you can't sleep, maybe you say that. But what keeps you pressing through those moments when you do feel like the technology is like, it's happening so fast. It's changing, evolving so fast. How do I keep up? I know my numbers, but marketing, branding, that's a whole new thing. Like, how do I get my head around that? And clearly you did because you have such a beautifully branded product. But how do you get through that? It's too late. And I don't know if I can fill these gaps. Well, I do wake up at two in the morning sometimes. (laughs) I try not to. If I actually get in a good workout, that really helps a lot too. But I do sometimes because it is challenging. And there are moments I'm going to be honest, like, what was I thinking? You know? yeah. uh, I could have just made these and just eaten them and given them to my pals and, you know, kept doing my little thing over there. But that's just one, not who I am. Yeah. You know, I love this opportunity and to build and to make a bigger impact because we haven't talked about impact, but that's how I measure our success is not just how many bars we sell, but how many bars directly impacts the positive experience women are having in menopause. Now that is a scorecard that keeps me going all the time. So that's one thing is the women that we are you know, improving their yeah. lives, making them feel better about themselves, not just their body, but 
who they are because they're proud to say, heck yeah, I'm a perimenopausal woman or I'm in menopause. I had a hot flash and what about it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then also, you know, when you take other people's money, <laughs> venture capital, hello, keep going, sister. Yeah. Go back to sleep. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Accountability at the highest level. Yeah. It makes the passion project, and I think this is good. I don't think this is bad, by the way, but it makes it something that it's like you put it out in the universe and you said, I'm going to do this. And now it's like, you damn well straight are going to do this. That's right. Because I walked alongside you. I believed in you. I gave you money. You sold me this vision. And now you got to carry that out. Of course, you're going to have bad days. But there's no time for giving up language. Not an option. Yeah. This is a race. And the finish line is in the distance, right? Um, So you bring along... Well, what do you bring along? I'll ask you, what do you bring along for this marathon? Like, who do you Hmm. bring to support you? What do you do for yourself to make sure that you are intellectually nurtured for this long haul? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so blessed to have been married to my husband for 32 years. He's my number one fan. And then I would say my kids are right there and my parents too. My parents are in their 80s. You know, they are, um, so how's it going? You know, we had an idea. We were watching Good Morning America, and we think you should reach out to Robin Rock. You know, like they send me texts like that. They're not wrong. I love. <laughs> They're, They're not, not wrong. wrong at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have a lot of time to think about it. Sometimes I'm like, hey, do you guys have any good ideas right now? You know, but my husband is super supportive of my commitment to the business. Mm. So because this is a commitment, it's a time commitment. It is really six, if not seven days a week that I'm head down doing something, paying attention. Usually the weekends are my thinking time. um, And he really respects that. And he knows how to take, you know, entertain himself. But we always make a lot of time for each other in the evening. Like we have our own rituals to make sure we stay connected during this time. So having that internal, you know, success team of your family, people who are so close to you is really, really important. You know, on our team team, we're all badass women. We love menopause. We're midlife. We have one woman, uh, Noel. I call her Perry Perry. You know, she's like barely Perry, so she's Perry Perry. But everybody else is Perry or Post. And you can't <laughs> be afraid to talk about it. You can't be afraid to say, can I say the V word? You know, whatever we need to talk about yeah. in this conversation, or, or you're not for us. And that includes investors. Yeah. Because not all money is good money. Yeah. So, that is one of the beauties of being a middle third entrepreneur is that I don't chase things. I know what feels right. I know what's a good fit. And I'm willing to pass on something that maybe someone else would think you don't want to work with that person or that money. Mm, No, not for us. Good on them, but just not good for us. And I'm very comfortable with that. I'm very clear about that. And you know, we're leading mean. So to do more with less, I think is very important. Um, and know we're building something important. You know, we're mission driven to help women eat better, feel better and menopause like a boss. So when you keep all that close, it makes it so much easier to stay in the lane through the challenging times. And there are going to be challenging times, but that's just part of the journey. Yeah. I love the lesson of being able to say no to things and being kind of slow to move. I think that 
you've hit on something, whether it's somebody starting a business like you or somebody is saying yes to a new relationship or to take the time to lean on your history and what you know and how you know these things will eventually go and to listen to that inner voice because she she knows you and, and she's usually right. She knows. But I have trained myself not to be slow. I just want to say that because of my skills, time, intuition, experience, I know how to make decisions quickly. And I think that's an important skill for women, especially women entrepreneurs, to develop over time. So what metrics do you use? What criteria do you use to help you make decisions faster? Because that's something I found, and maybe you can validate this or invalidate it, that women can tend to ruminate on things for too long, that if you truly trust yourself and you know what your criteria is for making a decision, you can make it and and move forward and be willing to adjust if you need to. It's better to have that data because you went down the wrong path a little bit than to just sit and you have no data to make a better decision. So I'm here to validate (laughs) that. (laughs) And it was something that I would say to my clients regularly, which is just make a decision, make the call. By the time you make the mistake, if it is a mistake, you're going to have time to pivot, to reiterate, to do whatever it is you need to do. If you've taken too long to make the decision, you also haven't gathered any new information, right? You're kind of spinning. Um, Curious, what are some metrics that you use that maybe we can be thinking about? Like, what are some things that you sort of pour into this funnel and come out with the right answer or an answer, right? To move you forward. Not always right. It's not always right. You know, it varies depending on the situation, but we always start with what is the objective of what we're trying to accomplish? A lot of times we do launch into things because it's shiny, because someone asked us, Mm -hmm. because it looks good on the outside and whoa, 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 whoa. We need to just stop. And now if that's slow, I'll take that. We we need to pause, pull back. What is our objective for doing this? And what is our success criteria? How will we know that we're successful on the other side? So when we can look at why we're doing this, what, what we're hoping to get out of it, and how we measure success, then we can interject in the middle this thing. And does it fit the objective that we're trying to achieve? And will it help us? Can we use that measurement of success? for whatever this tactic is. So maybe it's a good fit and maybe it isn't, or we might have to adjust our metric for success, or maybe we have the wrong objective. But by looking at the edges of what is the objective and how will we know if we're successful, then we can start to analyze the tactic and figure out where we need to adjust. So that's usually where we start. And what's the ROI? Hello, we need to have a return. And the ROI for you can be twofold given what you've said about your company because of course you're trying to make money. This is a business, but you are mission driven. And the way you measure success, you just said to us is impact. So you can look at ROI from those two points of view. It may be that there's an opportunity to do something. Let's use your parents' example of talking to Robin on Good Morning America. You can 
buy the plane ticket, get out to New York, bring in the bars. Maybe they ask you to bring bars to everybody who's outside <laughs> standing around, whatever. That's an investment, right? That's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars. Let's put that out into the Let's universe. Let's put that now. out. Okay. And, and it, Robin, if you're if you listen to this podcast, I have a deal for you. Or a friend of Robin's. Yes, yeah. or a friend of Robin's. So I think you look at that and you say, well, I'm not going to necessarily sell bars that day or even necessarily that week, but oh my gosh, look at all these people that are going to know about Menowell. And the people who are watching may not be in peri or menopause, but they know somebody who is. Yeah. And so you start to make these decisions about eventually that will turn into a bottom line ROI. But in the short and immediate term, it's not just marketing, but it's also, you know, showing your face, get, you know, being seen. You're a pioneer in this space. And that's a really, that's exciting. It's so fun to be innovative. We all love a unicorn. Yay. But it's really hard, hard work. And by the way, no one knows they're a unicorn until after the fact, right? Until they are. Until right, they right are. Right now, I'm feeling like I, I'm a donkey. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> Some days a cute pony, but a lot of days a donkey. But that's okay. We see that horn in the future. Yes, you, you know? see that horn in the future. And thank you for being honest and saying that. I think, you know, many of us are right along with you. But it's hard. It's hard to be first on the scene and to describe to people what is a functional food bar for menopause? Man, you went niche. Like you you went, but that means you're a pointy arrow. You can pierce the market. You can say something. You have a point of view. You are arming us with this talking stick is good for us. Talk about the flip side. Talk about what's hard about being a pioneer and what's hard about paving a new path. Mm. Well, you spoke to it right there. Of course, you spoke yeah. to it. Because when you are creating something that no one has ever heard of before, it requires a lot of education. Just like you asking, well, what's a functional food? And why menopause? And how do they go together? And we knew we had to educate in the beginning, but we didn't know the questions that women would ask. So our first year, our MVP, our minimum viable product, you know, out there gathering data, yes. we learned those <laughs> questions. And so we try to anticipate them now and answer them with graphics and answer them with blog posts and answer them on Instagram with our men around, you know, all, all the places that we can speak to what women are asking. But it's a very education-based conversation when you're the first one out there. And so you have to build in the pace for that. It takes longer. Yeah. It takes longer, costs more money, takes a lot of time. I used to always tell women, you have to plant a lot of seeds to grow an orchard. And so we're planting a lot of seeds. So going back to what you're saying about ROI and you know giving out those bars, I know that when a woman eats our bars, she will become a customer and she will tell someone else. So yes, that's not an, an immediate ROI. But having more women taste our bars is the goal always. So I shouldn't say this on your podcast with so many people watching, but if someone asks me, Are, I'm having an event for midlife women in menopause. Can we have your bars in the bag? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, yeah. because one, we want to support. This is our mission. And two, that's how we grow this conversation and, and our business and all the good things. So I just said it out loud. 
And you said yes to us, I have to say, and I'm so grateful that you did. And we were able to provide Menno Well bars in our goodie bags. Let me ask you a very obvious question. Where do we get Menno Well bars? Can we get them at a store? Do we go online? Where do we get these fancy bars? Yes. Well, I'm going to say surprisingly for ease, go on Amazon. Yeah. Because if you're prime, you're going to have them the next day, which is, it's amazing to see my Amazon dashboard where we see inventory all across the country. Like here's 10 boxes here, a hundred there, 5,000 over here. You know, it's amazing how it works. So you can get them the next day on Amazon. And then of course, our site is mymenowell.com. Go there for buying the bar. Sometimes we have special, special deals there. Blog posts. You can go straight from our site to learn about menopause from our blog post or letstalkmenopause.org. I'm on the advisory board for them. Incredible uh, resource. You can find a doctor that specializes in menopause through our site. So we want to support holistically in addition to nutrition. So mymenowell.com, Amazon, just search for Menowell bars right there. And of course, Instagram. Yeah. Join us on the Meno Lounge every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific live where I get to speak to wonderful women like Netta and doctors, uh, menopause advocates, brands, etc. about all things menopause. And then of course, the recordings are on the Reels page. Really fun. I love doing that. I love how the bar has been. It's the genesis of all these things that you're doing. It's given you a voice in so many arenas. And it's genius because in the menopause landscape, everything is a product or a supplement. And the fact that you have a food is like, oh, we got to get Julie. Where's Julie? Everybody, you know, it, you really, that pioneering thing, the hard part of it is also an opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's important to hear too, before we scare people away. It's scary out here. Yeah. You know, because there's no one, you're not chasing anyone that way. So we're, we're carving the path, but it's exciting too, if if you're up for the challenge. I'm going to ask you a funny question. An odd question, but I think it's one that people think about when they're pioneering something. How do you keep from looking over your shoulder? Because there's a lot of people that are seeing what you are doing, what you've spent a lot of money creating, and they're like, just ride that coattail. She's got it. She's figured it out. She's branded it. She's telling the story. She's educating Let's do what she's doing. And we see that in cosmetics. We see that in supplements. We see that in these industries where it's just like, oh my gosh, it becomes a very noisy space because so many people have rushed to it. And you are hitting something right on the head. Like you you really have come into this um, conversation about menopause kind of like you, you've come in from the side and it's like, yes, functional food, this is brilliant but there's people behind you and they're learning from you. How do you keep from looking over your shoulder? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have to say it's not my style. It's just not my style. We just have to stay focused on our own mission. And let's be real. There's 75 million women right now in the stage of menopause in the United States. So if we are committed to our mission, we're committed to our mission. If other people come on the scene, they come on the scene. But one, we'll always be the first functional food for women yeah. in the stages of menopause. The end. 
I could just drop the mic there. Drop the mic. Yeah. But that's not how I do business. Our job is to stay focused on our goals, our mission, why we're here, serving our customers, being innovative, doing cool things, and not worrying about it. I'm sure there'll be somebody, you know, tap, tap, tap. Yeah. I stay out there. I stay focused that way. That's just who I am, you know? And so I pass that on to anyone who would need to hear that. Just find your thing and own it and stay focused on what's ahead of you, not what's behind you, not what's even on, you know, on the sides. That's not for you. That's out of your lane. That's what I would say. Your lane is ahead and and continue to innovate. Don't be satisfied just sitting on one thing because Mm. that can happen. You can land on something like, oh, we got this. That's when you get yourself into trouble. So stay focused on your mission and continue to innovate. I'm super grateful. We have a vice president that was a former vice president of Cliff Bar, um, executive VP of branding and innovation. Nice. (laughs) Good catch. (laughs) Innovation is how we roll. Yeah. To use the metaphor that we were using earlier with running this marathon, I like this idea of if you're looking back, you can't be running fast enough. You can't no. be keeping pace. You can't, you're going to trip. It's better to trip forward than to trip back, by the way. Amen. Amen. And I think that the 75 million piece too, like if the mission is that we're helping women through menopause, then the more the merrier. There is no other Julie Gordon White. You don't have to worry about it. There is no other Menowell. Thank you for saying that. It's something that I used to hear often when I was consulting. And it's something that in this menopause space, I've heard a couple times like, oh my gosh, everybody's getting into menopause. And it seems like the people who are doing really well, they talk about scarcity mindset and they're not going to play that game and just stay in your lane and move ahead. And I love that you've added innovate to this. Um, So thank you. Thanks for that answer for everyone listening um, and for me too. What has surprised you about the menopause conversation has exploded in the last, let's say, two years, right? And maybe even the last 18 months. What has surprised you about that conversation and what do you think is missing from it? Well, it surprises me that there is an article coming out in national media if not every week, every other day. Yeah. yeah, It's amazing. I guess, you know, the media sees the the fast growing trend. So oh, they want to jump on it too. So great. Because I think we need all the voices, positive, negative, women, men, non-binary, like bring it. Everybody needs to be a part of this conversation because it is so early. We are just tip of the iceberg that we need all of these perspectives, lenses, um, to rise, you know, to build this momentum for all of us. So I I welcome all the perspectives. Not everyone does. And that will kind of spin me over to my next thing is that we need more positivity in this space. That's what Mm -hmm. I think, because it's interesting how it's building so quickly the energy around it, but maybe not because, you know, I'm swimming in the menopause soup every single day. So it feels like a lot, but I think to that most women, no, I don't actually think it's not part of their radar barely at all. I agree. Yeah. But still, we need to, especially because there's so many women in this space, women founders, women doctors, women nutritionists, fitness, we need to all lift each other up. 
and mm. be positive. And I've just noticed a little bit of a trend of some less than positive mm. comments, but I appreciate where they're coming from because there is misinformation out there. But the tricky part is even the medical community, doctors, they don't know either. So I wish I could say everything that everyone is saying is 100% true, but even who we expect to be the most educated are not because they haven't had any training. They haven't had enough. So it's very, it's very wild, wild westy. So one, I want women to, to trust themselves, trust your body. What feels right for you? Do your research. No, ask a lot of women, ask a lot of doctors. There's a lot of research, research at go to menopause.org and read. It's your body. It's your life. And then make your own informed decision. So we need the positive side around it and women supporting women. I think that's that's really cool because it's interesting how because it's exciting, I think everybody's trying to find their place in the conversation. To your point, it is the wild, wild west. There's not a single way of knowing, doing. We haven't done enough of the research from the medical field. Like there was a big gap, right? Because the research we had, we yes. were, oh, now maybe that isn't right. You know, what? So that does mean that people are grabbing at things that over time will get sussed out. But that just means we need to pour more energy into it as an industry. Um, and I think for ourselves individually right now, do the research, as yeah. you said, and you gave us a great tool to do that. What surprised you about your own entrepreneurial journey? You finally broke out and went and did something for you before you were an entrepreneur for others. Mm. Now you're an entrepreneur for you, your product, your brand, you're the spokesperson, you're the leader of this. What's been surprising about that? Yeah. Well, I would still say I'm an entrepreneur for others. Oh. Um, <laughs> Of course you would. The more I support, take care of, impact others, and not just me, our whole team, and, and women like you, our whole community, then that supports me on the backside. So it, that just happens. That's a byproduct. Yeah. Um, how committed I have to be to my meditation and, mm -hmm. and, and at the simplest level, getting on my non-Peloton bike, my stationary bike, every day, every day. If that is 10 minutes, if I do my guided meditation on my bike, I have to do it. It's that meditation that sets my morning routine. I like to get up early in the dark. I like it quiet. Yeah. Um, I like to have that time before calls, emails, dot, dot, dot. That is what sets my day. If for some reason the sun has come up and I haven't had that meditation time and a little time on my bike, I'm kind of playing catch up. And it's, I have to actually pause. And sometimes I've actually just like, I, I should go sit down. I have what I call my chill chair in my office, yeah. <laughs> sit in my chill chair and like get in some, you know, 10 minutes to reset myself because that meditation, you know, it could be 10 minutes and if it's a luxurious day, it could be 45 minutes, which yeah. it's, it's like better than a massage for me. If I get that in when I'm committed to that and I need it, that was a surprise. I need it to get my brain calm, focused, and set for the day. So that was the new thing where before I could kind of like, eh, you know, if I do, great. If I don't, mm -mm. and maybe it's because I'm 58, I'm postmenopausal, I'm doing something that takes a lot of mental energy. I don't know, but that, that was a fact. That's a fact. I must sit down in the chair every morning. 
I love that you pointed to something that was about you and taking care of you versus like really surprised me, you know, and it was a marketing answer or something. What time do you get up? Now I'm just being nosy. Uh, between 5 and 5.30. But wow. yesterday I got up at 4. You are early bird. I'm weird. What time do you go to bed? Mm, 9.30, 10. Okay. To be honest, at 9 o'clock, I'm starting to think, I'm sitting with my husband, mm, how could I go to bed and him not say, are you going to bed already? <laughs> We've had so many conversations like, don't shame me for wanting to go to bed. Sleep is important. Sleep Because he's important. a night owl. I'm the same. I'm a night owl. Yeah. You're a night owl. You're my husband. He gets up early, early. And yeah. How do we end up with the opposites of ourselves on those know. habits? I don't know. But at nine o'clock, my body's starting to say, hey, 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 can we go to bed now? Yeah. And so by 930, that's when I start slinking out of the family room, yeah. you know, making my way. See you in a minute. Goodbye. Yeah. He's Get like, home. you're not coming back down. You know, I'm like, okay, good night. You're right. And don't wake me up when you come either. You yeah, know, so. yes. And and by the way, make sure I stay asleep. Yes, that's the trick. Yes, it is the trick. As you have stepped into midlife, you've talked about launching this business at 58. What is your advice for women who are thinking about launching something at this stage in, in their life? Go for it. Figure out what is required what is required from a team perspective because business growth is a team sport. Mm. You don't want to do it alone. Even a solopreneur needs an assistant. You need to be able to expand your bandwidth and you need a bookkeeper. Don't do your books. Don't do that. You get yourself into trouble and you need an assistant to help all the momentum that you're creating to help keep it going. Otherwise, you're just going to get tangled up in your own success. Just start. Figure out who you need. Who's your small but mighty team to start with? And and by the way, most people think, I can't afford to have an assistant or a bookkeeper. You can buy a couple of hours from people. Yeah. You don't need anybody on your payroll. Actually, you don't want anyone on the payroll. Just a few hours here or there and then build up over time. So find a small but mighty team. But for, you know, listen, there's a reason why you keep hearing that message. So trust it. Start. And then just Wherever you are, it could be you know small, but have a big vision. That's what I would say. I was, I'm thinking all the things I used to tell women, but it's, I'm, I'm telling myself all the time these same things. You know, start where you are, but have the biggest vision. Because if you're not afraid that you may only hit eighty percent of it, if the vision is big enough, you're good. You're still really, really good. That's awesome. I'm going to write that down and put it on my computer so I can see it every day. It wasn't very eloquent. So you just pick out the words. No, but I I love that concept of like, if you're really thinking big and you don't hit that mark, where you land is really big and you've accomplished a lot and you've more importantly impacted a lot of people. You've been in service to a lot of people, including yourself, because you answered that call. Let's get into our fast five. Can't let you go without doing that. What's a daily practice? And I think maybe you already told us the meditation on the bike, right? Is that your daily practice that keeps you grounded? I try to do them separately, but sometimes I have to, you know, if I If you're being efficient. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which usually means I messed up. Yes. I do them together, but meditation, meditation, always. Okay. Is there a tool you use to guide you through that or, or have you practiced enough that you know how to kind of conjure this up in your own mind? I can do both. 
but I do enjoy guided meditation and there's so many wonderful guided meditations on apps. I happen to just use YouTube because I have YouTube with no ads. You don't yeah. want ads in the middle of your meditation. Yeah, no. So I have created a playlist of, and it depends on the day. Okay. I usually start with a certain, the Debbie prayer always, which is 10 minutes. That's how I start it. But then there are others that you can move around that I might need something like you're unstoppable today or, you know, visioning into this or that or whatever. Okay. So I usually do that to two of them on, on YouTube. Okay. Will you share those with us so we can share them with our audience? I'll share some okay. of them. Yes. And then what are you currently reading? Uh, 10X is better than 2X. Dr. Ben Hardy. Love, okay. love, love it. 10X, it, it could be better or greater, but I think okay. it's better. 10X is better than 2X. All about thinking, not just like at a zero, like thinking so much bigger that you have to almost break whatever you thought was the right way to get there in order to do something super special. Mm, I like that. Juicy. I like things that take us out of our paradigm like that. And then what are you loving about this season of life? Um, time. I have my own time. So I don't have to pick up anybody at school or somebody forgot their soccer cleats or <laughs> even what's for dinner. My husband handles dinner. He knows during this part of my life and season, he's responsible for taking care of me because he knows the heavy lifting that I'm doing. So I control all my own time and it is delicious, mm. really. Good for you. I'm couple years away. I still have one at home. Enjoy that. Yes. Though. And yes. I am. I am. We carved pumpkins the other day because he Aww. asked and he's a sophomore. Is that the Aww. sweetest? Yes. Lovely. And I was like, really? Yes. Yes, we can carve pumpkins. And what would you say to your 25 year old self? If you could go back and talk to her, what do you want her to know about midlife? What do you want her to be sure of? Mm. It's great. You will benefit from all the things that you uh, were willing to try between now and then. So don't be afraid to try things. Don't think you have to have it perfectly, um, you know, created, decided, landed with a bow on it, because that was my old 25 year old self. Didn't want to make mistakes, you know, had to look right, feel right, be right. Nope, it can be a little messy do it because the more things you experience and try, the richer your experience will be in midlife and it will all come together. And you just have to trust that. Trust yourself and trust the journey. And that is great advice for us now too. Thanks, Julie, for that. So this podcast, as you know, is called Liberty Road. And so I have to ask, how has launching and growing Menowell liberated you. Yeah, I thank you for asking that. It's allowed me to step into doing the thing that I thought was the hardest and told others not to do. So by accepting my own challenge, it has just released me into thinking all things are possible. I always knew all things are possible. But when you accept the call on the, you know, the hero, yeah. the shero's journey, yeah, to the thing that you thought was the thing not to do, I'm a badass. I can do yeah, it. You are. I can do it. And you know, you, you think that, but hmm, maybe not. You know, there's a little bit of doubt back there. But when you answer, when you truly answer the call to what you believe is the hardest, it's incredibly empowering and liberating. I don't think we've ever heard that answer. We've mm. heard answer the call. 
but we haven't heard the thing about the hardest. And I think you are speaking to a lot of women right now, a lot of people who've said, I'm not willing to do that because it's too much, whatever too much is, right? Fill in the blank. And they're going to hear what you said and they're going to have to rethink that for themselves. Julie, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for so much wisdom, for sharing your journey with us. I can't wait two years from now to laugh at what Menno Well was relative to what you've made it, just to giggle. I mean, giggle in a good way, like glee, excitement. What you've been able to do in terms of impact, in terms of bottom line, and in terms of the generative conversation with this talking stick that you've mm. created for us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've been honored to share my story. I really appreciate you creating this container for women to uh, really experience who they are and who they're going to be. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And Liberty listeners, thank you for hanging out with me and with Julie. We'll have all of the things men are well in the show notes so you can get yourself a bar, check out the meditation uh, that Julie checks into on a daily basis and learn a little bit more about menopause. We'll have everything she said available for you. Until next week, bye for now. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcast and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to move into your middle third with intention. Liberty Road is created by executive producer Netta Jones, supervising producer Elizabeth Windham, producer Julia Windham, and music by Jack Jones. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.